Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Will Nerds Podcast. This is episode number 53. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Eric and Caitlin. Hey, everyone. Hello. And we have another guest for this episode. We have um, Robbie with us. You can say hi to everyone, Robbie. Hello, hello. And he's been one of our longtime supporters and fans of the Whale Nerds podcast. So we're pretty excited to talk with him today. Um, so, and it sounds like our podcast maybe inspired you a little bit to pursue this field a little more, which is really cool. That's just that's a little bit. <laughs> I would say that just a little bit. <laughs> awesome. Um, so where where are you in the U.S. right now? <laughs> I'm actually in Texas, so I'm getting my master's in marine biology at Texas A&M at Corpus Christi. So I am in Texas okay. right now. Okay, cool. So go Aggies. <laughs> You're right, right, right. <laughs> cool. That sounds fancy. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like the little sister school of Texas A&M. Um, like the big school. So we're the Texas A&M Corpus Christi. We're the Islanders. Um, so we're like just like the sisters <laughs> of the big Texas A&M school. One of my best friends got her master's degree there, um, but at, in College Station. So in College like, Station? Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> cool. We have, we have some really cool whale and dolphin people out in College Station and Corpus Christi as well. So. Yeah, that's one of the big... Um, job boards that's online is through A&M, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think I've heard something like that. Yeah. I know that's one I've referenced in the past for people to look for opportunities is that online listing through the university. So, awesome. Have you been out uh, looking at dolphins in Texas? We have not. We'll see some bottlenose dolphins from like the shore. Um, and we have some that come up bias but i haven't been out on on the water yet out here we do have a professor out here who's wanting to start some photo id work um so once she wants to get once she gets her grant for her boat and everything then we'll start doing some photo id with the bottlenose dolphin out here sweet so what's your what's your bachelor's degree in so my bachelor's is actually a little bit different so my bachelor's is in psychology um, so i studied memory and cognition in the psychology realm in my undergrad from lsu and so I studied memory for about three years. And so then when I was looking for to come into the marine biology realm, I was looking to try and keep with that memory theme. Um, and actually, so it took me a few years to find someone, but I found a professor here who studies memory. And so I am working in his, in his lab, which is a neuroscience lab. And we're looking at like the behavioral and the cellular components of memory. Oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So it's, it's so- really interesting. Is this your first year of your program or? Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is my first year of my master's, which should take me about a little over two years. I'm, I'm taking the summer off. That way I can pursue this position in Portugal um, to work with dolphins in the fields and everything again. So I'm excited to get back on the water. But this is my first year of my master's. So I have one more year left to go here. Okay, cool. And you said you were doing some research earlier today. What were you working on? I was. So I'm getting in the lab right now because I'm kind of just practicing. So like I said, we kind of deal with the cellular aspect of memory. So we use uh, our subject is a marine snail aplysia, um, actually from California. And so we get them shipped into us. And right now what I'm kind of doing is just practicing some lab techniques on um, how to impale cells and everything like that, because we're recording from particular cells inside the brain of this snail. And we're seeing how these cells will react to certain stimuli that we give them. 
Um, and so we're re actually recording from these cells and we're seeing how they fire and how they react to training. Okay, cool. On a much more simple animal, so hopefully you don't have so many variables to keep track of. Exactly. That's why we call it a reductionist view. We look at smaller scale models and then we can we learn memory in the small scale and then we can kind of move it on up to larger scale animals after that. Yeah, a little less complicated. Mm -hmm. And you work on humpback, why they always come back to Monterey. <laughs> that's so that's actually what I'm I'm wanting to try and get into next. So I'm I'm loving this theme of memory. So I did it all throughout my undergrad and now through my masters. And when I'm looking for potential PhD schools and PhD opportunities, that's kind of my hope is to try and see if I can take this memory aspect of it into citations. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, we're we're definitely not studying a lot of that right now. They have some blue whale information that came out last year, but mm. I mean, they're tough study subjects. They're really smart. They can hold their breath a long time. <laughs> that's, that's part of it, yeah. They're really hard to study. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about um, your internship experience in Portugal. It was last summer, right? Absolutely, yeah, it was last summer. I um, was listening to our podcast, the Whale Nerds podcast, and y'all had mentioned Marmam. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a great you know, email subscription. And so actually I signed up for it. And somehow I saw on there they had um, a, a listing for internships out of Portugal. And I was like, oh, let me just throw my name in the hat and see what happens. And I didn't really know how the process of it went. But I actually got to go over there for a little over three weeks with AIM Portugal. And um, we do like dolphin research out there, mainly in common dolphins, bottlenose dolphins. But we, we do see our some a few fair share of whales. We'll see a minke whale every now and then. Um, I, I did get to see a minke when I was out there. But photographing whales is so difficult. <laughs> you make it look so easy. And then because I remember chasing this minke whale for like two hours, trying to get this one shot that I wanted personally. And I was like, it's just not happening. <laughs> well, minke whales also make it a lot more difficult than other whales too. So. And well, because I wanted to get them, you know how they have that weird surface pattern where they kind of come up with their chin and yeah. I wanted to get a, like a photograph of that and I actually ended up getting a decent one. It wasn't great, but I was, I was happy with it after a two, two hour chase. <laughs> it's, it's weird so because... Portugal... Oh, go ahead, Slater. I was going to say, Mickey Wells can be like sometimes the greatest and sometimes they can be like well actually sorry like 90 percent of the time they're the worst but then that, that was like <laughs> that 10 percent though you could have a great encounter with them where they're like I've, we've even had them bow ride like oh wow you know, so the yeah. ones in southern california i feel like are a little more tolerant than the ones in monterey the ones in monterey are like boats no thank you i've only seen <laughs> one here in three years or two maybe the minkies in in Quebec, Canada, were amazing. They were like dolphin. They were they were popping up right next to the boat. But uh, yeah, our California ones. I don't know what's their deal. They sometimes can be showy, but most of the time, ninety percent of the time, pretty elusive. Yeah. Where in Portugal is the organization that you're working with? So it's in the southern coast of Portugal, uh, in a little town called Abu Faida. Um, so we oh, launched. We have a boat out there. Okay. Huh? I see it on the map. I'm looking at my phone on Google yeah, Maps. We're, we're a little west of like Faro um, and stuff like that. So we, we have a boat out there um, and we kind of go out every single day and we, we're always looking for interns and we're usually out on the water anywhere between five to eight hours a day. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We're off the awesome. southern coast of Portugal. What a unique place to get to go and do that. 
It's so it's yeah. so nice. Looking at the like, I'm looking at the photos of like mm-hmm. the beaches looking onto shore, and it looks like the incredible the structure, like the housing structures and stuff look pretty cool. <laughs> well, even the bottlenose dolphins will come really, really close to shore. They're the kind of the bottlenose get really, you know, curious, and they get really close to shore. So sometimes you can actually see them off the coast, um, which is quite nice. Sometimes we've come out the marina, and we're like, we're like, oh, let's go search for dolphins today, and the bottlenose are just right there waiting for us. <laughs> So that oh, makes it nice. an easy day when they do that. Is it only a research organization or do they have like a eco tour component? It's it's mainly it's all research mostly. They do have some like eco tourism places out here in Portugal. Um but we're uh, we're a scientific boat and so we do all research. Okay, cool. And so then you had obviously had a great time for those three weeks that you were out there it was amazing. um and that was that totally a volunteer experience so you just came in on like a tourist visa or something um i i don't think i needed any kind of visa or anything i just because i was doing research so i i kind of just went uh had my passport and everything so i didn't really need a visa or anything i don't know if i'll need one for this time because i'm going to be going for a little bit longer um this summer yeah. They invited me back to come back this summer as a research assistant. So last summer I was an intern with them, but they invited me back. They loved the work that I did. And one thing for, about me is I'm really enthusiastic. I, I love our dolphins. I love our whales and I love what we do. And so they, they wanted me back as a research assistant. And so now I'm going to be going for three months come this summer. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to get back out there and get back to work. Good deal. And when you were um, so, there, you, oh, sorry, you're mainly doing photo yeah. IDs. We did a lot of photo IDs. So we're tracking behavior. We were looking at uh, whatever, whatever cetaceans that are out there. We track behavior, and we do mostly like photo ID work. So we'll take as many pictures as we can once we're out there, and then we, we come back to the house. Then we kind of go through the photos. Um, we're trying to build a catalog of common dolphins, bottlenose dolphins that are out there. Um, Photo ID is a lot easier with the, the bottlenose dolphins because you can kind of see the rake marks and stuff like that with the commons. A little bit a little bit more difficult, um, but we're still trying to build the database out there because not too much is known about the populations that are out there. And are the commons in a um, lot bigger numbers, right? A lot bigger numbers, absolutely. We can see upwards of 300, 400 at a time where the bottlenose we're seeing, you know, maybe 40, 50 max. So they can be in larger yeah. numbers, but we tend to see them kind of yeah. group in 20s, 30s-ish range. Yeah. Um, what other species have you – was it just bottlenose, common dolphins, and minkies, or did you come across anything else Personally, unusual? all I saw uh, – after I left, they did see some Rizzo's dolphins that particular season. They do have orca that come in every now and then, um, but they're more kind of transients. They're coming up the – the west coast of Portugal. So they'll come inland a little bit. We tend not to see too many orcas. Uh, but as far as my personal experience, because I wasn't out there too, too long, I saw mainly common dolphins, bottlenose. We had a minke whale. We also saw a basking shark, which was actually really, really cool. Cool. Uh, I've never seen one. Oh, the basking shark was incredible because he came just right up to the boat. He was just feeding on the surface. And we were just, we were with it for like 30 minutes, you know, plus, and it was, it was incredible. <laughs> nice. Nice. We'll just yeah. think about what you're going to see being there for three months. I'm yeah. so excited. The, the orca is one of, that's like the one on my list and Rizzo's dolphins. I was like, okay, because I know right after I lift, I saw the Rizzo's. I was like, really? Like I just left. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. 
that's always how, and that's why, like, even when I'm over there, I'm always terrified of taking a day off because the, the the day I take off, I know they're going to see like the most amazing show or, <laughs> the, you know, the rarest of species. And that's, so I always get worried about that. That's the trap. That's, that's, the, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you do have to take a day every once in a while to rest though, you know, otherwise right. you, you'll be useless on the water one day and you'll still, you'll feel bad. It'll be yeah. horrible. Sure. For sure. Um, so do they do they do research all year or is it seasonal? Like do they are they exposed to a lot of poor weather in the winter or? Um, it, it's it is seasonal. So we run our internship program uh, usually between May and October. Um, so we'll they'll take the winter off um, and then they just start back up in April and May. They'll, they're looking for interns now, so they'll start putting postings on Marmam and and things on social media. That way they can get like a full group of interns over the summer. Um, so uh, the summer is kind of our busiest season. Mm-hmm. And so like we, the months between May, June and July, we're kind of really busy. And then, but we run, we do run until the end of August. I mean, the end of October, excuse me. Okay, cool. And is it like one or two lead scientists? Are they from Portugal or who, like who runs the project? Right. So we have our president is actually, she is getting her P, uh, PhD right now at the uh, University of Lisbon. Okay. Um, and then, so we have her and then we also have two other lead researchers who are running the organization full time. Um, and so it's the kind of the three of them that are, are running like the day to day operations of the organization, getting the interns together, um, taking care of the boat maintenance, uh, that kind of stuff. Cool. So. Do they think I mean, maybe it's too soon to tell, but do they think the animals that you're seeing are like moving in and out of the Mediterranean because you're like you know, west of the Strait of Gibraltar, or are they open ocean animals coming in? I think it's. A, I think it could be a little bit of both because we we tend to see the, the same like big grouping. So sometimes when we see like the big grouping of uh, common dolphins, we'll see like a number of like 300, and we'll kind of see that same group again later on in the year. Um, so they could be kind of moving throughout, but they tend to see. I think they're kind of staying in that area. Okay. Yeah, because I know there's some Rizzo's dolphins that are more like resident to yeah, the right. Mediterranean. Um, I wonder if those are the same animals or if it's like more of a roaming population or something. And I think that's part of what we're doing with the catalog that we're creating is we're trying to see how many animals are coming in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our president, she focuses a lot on um, nursery groups. So we use a lot of drone footage, which is incredible for seeing, you know, over a big scale what dolphins are coming in and out of the group because we know their social groups are so intact that but we see certain dolphins that are coming in and out. Um, so she specializes in looking at nursery groups. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they have, you mentioned like on Facebook and stuff, they're going to advertise the internship. Um, so they, what social media do they have or how can people find yeah, out? So it's, it's uh, the organization is called AIM Portugal, which is A-I-M-M. So AIM Portugal. And they have Facebook, Instagram. Um, they also have a website, which I believe is just aimportugal.com. Uh, and you can also get in touch with them by email, which is interns at AIM, A-I-M-M-Portugal.com. Um, so that'll get you in touch with Andre, who's, our, uh, who's in charge of running the internship programs to see what availability we have as far as, as the months go. But we're always looking for more and more people to come join us. Anyone who loves cetaceans, that's kind of that's kind of our go-to. Oh, oh yeah, I see their, um, I see their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Did you get to go explore that's any not- of those caves over there? 
We did a little bit. So a lot of the the uh, the whale watching boats will kind of do a mix of both. They'll go out and find dolphins or they'll find whales, whatever they can find. And then they do after that, they'll do cave tours. And so then you're going in and out of the cave tours along the coast of Portugal. And that's incredible. So what we'll do is sometimes we partner with those whale watching boats and we'll come on as researchers and we'll kind of just be in the back doing our own thing, tracking behavior. Um, and even some of the guests on the boat come up to us and ask us questions because we always have our, uh, our identification on us. We have our shirts that we're wearing signifying that we're researchers. But it's always really nice to get into the caves and, and see because it's and for me personally, I'm from Louisiana and, and I'm living in Texas. I don't get to see this kind of scenery every day. <laughs> so it, it was super nice for me to see like the, the caves and everything in there. Um, the hiking is phenomenal. So I'll go hike around there every now and then on my off days. It looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It's so beautiful. It beautiful. How's your Portuguese? Not great. <laughs> it is not great. So the, the good thing is that everybody in our uh, in our internship, and this is kind of a requirement, is that we all speak English. Um, the two lead researchers, they are from Portugal, so they speak Portuguese. So if we ever need anything, kind of, tra- uh, they're there. I've learned how to say thank you, and but that's that's about it. <laughs> What I forget what it is and is it obrigado or something? Obrigado. 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 Mm-hmm. I even know that, I Caitlin. I lady from Brazil, and so she spoke Brazilian Portuguese, and so mm-hmm. somehow between the English, the Spanish, and the Portuguese, we figure it out as roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly every every time when I was over there, I never had any issue with it because mainly everyone speaks English as well. Yeah. Um, as a second language. So it, for me, it was really easy to, to get around. Even when I was in the city, just kind of walking around, I never felt like, you know, I, I was at a disadvantage because I didn't know the language. Yeah. How, how's the food? That's what I miss about Spain the most. <laughs> food is, the food is really good. So um, what we do though is, so if we're, since we're staying in the house together, all the interns stay together, we have someone who kind of cooks for us every day. And actually, when I was over there, I was talking with a friend of mine who was actually vegan. And that was something that I had wanted to try for the longest of times. And since I was over there, I was like, you know what, let me see what happens if I go vegan for the, you know, the three weeks that I'm there. And it's actually been since I went back. So it's been eight months that I've been vegan now. So my choice of food options is not that that abundant. Not traditional Portuguese tofu right right so I'm still a little limited on it so I didn't get to experience the full you know Portuguese cuisine but um I've loved the change of going vegan uh and that was the start of it was when I was in Portugal (laughs) when Um, I first went vegan the first time (laughs) um my wife and I we it was like we literally went vegan the week before we went to um Fiji and everything there, especially on this little island, is like it's basically all fish. Like it's fish, potatoes, or like fish and potatoes, or like <laughs> chicken that they, you know, or whatever. But it's like everything is pretty much um, has animal in it. So yeah. it was really hard. We ate like a lot of French fries and like <laughs> not even French fries, like potatoes. I don't know why they, that's the go-to. Is like if you can't find anything, well, I'll just get some fries. fries yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like potato tacos or something. Right. So, yeah. I think about Pete, the New Zealander that works at Discovery. We had him on the podcast a while ago. That's one of his main things for a while was French fries on the wharf because a lot of the food on the wharf has animal products in it. But you get creative as you stick with it. I'm sure you've come up with some cool recipes and stuff over absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. 
Um, so I did see the Facebook page. So on our Facebook page, which we just mm -hmm. started using um, for Whale Nerds, I'll share the um, links to the internship because oh, they're be still amazing. looking yeah. for people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're still always kind of looking for people to build. We're still in kind of the early stages of building our 2020 season. Um, okay. So we're always looking for more interns to come out. Like I said, anyone who shares this love of cetaceans and wants to get out and do field work. And we always say it's, it's a great opportunity, whether you're coming out of high school, you're just starting university, or even we've had people who are finished university. Um, it's really great to just get out there and study dolphins in the wild. There's nothing like being out on the water, you know, every single day for almost eight hours. We eat lunch on the water and it, it, it's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. How's the, how's the weather usually? Is it like pretty warm and calm or like? It's usually really great. I think uh, one of the researchers was telling me it's like 350 days of sun or something like that. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible to be out there. Always just, you know, perfect weather when we're on the boat. I think when I was there for like the three weeks, we had one day of rain and we still went out on the water for a little bit. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so the, the weather really treats us nice out there. And you guys use like a, a little rib? We do. We have a rib boat that's um, we got as part of a grant for our organization. Uh, her name is Ketosh. So we go out um, on our little rib boat every day, which is so nice to have. We used to go out on the, the whale watching boats. So the, the water does get too, too rough. Uh, then we can go out on the other whale watching companies that have a little bit larger of boats. Um, so that way we can still go out and do our take our data and take our photos so we, we do have partnerships with some of the, the whale watching groups that are out there. But our favorite day is when we can get out on Ketosh because we just have more mobility than the larger boats. So we can kind of go where we want. We can stay with the animals as long as we want. Uh, we have a great captain on board who's, who's fantastic in approaching the animals and giving, having us stay with them for a while. That's awesome. Did you see any leatherback turtles while you were there? I have not yet, but they are out there. So that's still one that I'm like, okay, I want to, uh, I want to see one while I'm out there. I haven't been able to see one yet, though. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at uh, your guys' website, and I saw a video of a leatherback turtle. Yeah, that's something that we're really uh, trying to pick up now is that we have a YouTube channel as well, and we're really just trying to spread you know, the knowledge of these animals and showing this by video, it, it's really captivating for an audience. And so we use a lot of drone footage. GoPro footage is fantastic. So we always, we can get really close with the, you know, the bottom of the dolphins and put the, the GoPro in the water. And that's always a really special encounter is when you can have, you know, 15, 20 bottom of dolphins bow riding you and be able to capture that footage is really special. Yeah. And uh, your work is, uh, now the whale watching companies over there, are they doing things year round or is it kind of seasonal in that area? Uh, I'm not, I think they are doing some year round. Um, we do more of our stuff seasonal, but I'm not too sure if they're if they're trying to do year round or seasonal stuff. They do when you are when it is seasonal, they'll mm -hmm. guarantee a sighting. And oh, wow. we do work with them with if we find a sighting, if we've been with the animals for a while, we'll you know radio them over the the radio, and they can come out and show their guests. Um, we do try to get be a little bit separate because we want to have our photo ID and mm -hmm. we want to get the notion of the behavior. We don't want to be a disturbance to the animals. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's too many boats around, we don't want to radio it. Um, but we try to, to have as much time with the animals as we can, and then they'll come afterwards. So we do work well with the other companies that are out there. 
All right. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's good to know that there's some well watching there. I've always, you know, I know people do some research there, but yeah. yeah. It's good to know that there's stuff for the general public to to uh, participate in. Hey, Caitlin, you're back. Hi. Um, I don't know if you guys saw me frantically looking to my left earlier, but the power was bumping in my apartment, and so I think it shut the Wi-Fi box off. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're frozen, but it's fine. We just ask questions like you would. <laughs> oh, good. good. <laughs> well, hopefully yeah. in the recording, because it's coming from your computer, we'll still get it all. No, it'll still be there. Did you? I asked him if he uh, had seen a leatherback turtle because I see on their website that Shut they have up. video of it. <laughs> I, will, I promise if I see one, y'all will be the first to know if I see a leatherback turtle. Oh, <laughs> cool. Caitlin, I I've already seen one. <laughs> tell me they, um, my favorite. Not really. I hate it. Actually, Eric and I went whale watching yesterday, and I was we were, um, what's called headed out looking for whales, and I don't know what I don't know how it sparked, but I was like, let's find a leatherback sea turtle, but it's not it's not the time for him. Sadly, sadly, we found uh, three balloons instead. Yeah, that's something that we try to do on the water as well. If, if we see any kind of plastic or balloons or we've seen like blankets and stuff, we always do our part to make sure we're picking up those pieces of plastic that we see. Um, yeah, it, it, that's that's one of the harder things about being out on the water every day is you're starting to see all these things reoccurring way too often. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up um, a tequila bottle the other day. Oh, I with saw messages that. People thought they were being funny, you know, like trying to be like an old pirate message in a bottle thing. And they just wrote a bunch of notes and threw it in the ocean. But it's like, um, that is actually littering. Did you actually open up any of those notes? There's so many. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were silly. They were like, we got drunk on the beach and put messages in a bottle. What beach was it it from? Was it somewhere far away or was it just right there in Maui? No, it said Maui and it only had been out for like a week. Oh, darn. If you eat the message, you get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So what, when uh, when exactly do you leave again for the next round? So that we're still kind of working that out. Um, I'm essentially – I was supposed to be working at my university over the summer to do research, but um, I'm taking this opportunity to, to go back to Portugal. So what I'm planning on doing is essentially right after finals, I'm just going to try and fly out there as soon as possible. Um, so I'm going to drive back to New Orleans to drop my, uh, my vehicle off and everything like that, say my you know, goodbyes to my family and everything, and, and I'm going to try and get out there as soon as possible. I want to give them as much time over the summer as I can before coming back for the fall semester here again. Awesome. So hopefully I'm thinking about mid-May to about the, the first or second week of August. That would be really fun. Yeah. Well, definitely keep us updated on your adventures because um, sure. that's really exciting. And some of you um, might know this or might not know this. Robbie's one of our um, longtime listeners, but also one of our Patreon um, yes. contributors. So we always thank appreciate you. your support. No yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I always think about it. I love to give back to people who have given to me. And I feel like I've learned so much from y'all and I've been gained so many resources. And, and so that was my decision on that is that I feel like I've, I've learned so much. And I found this podcast kind of when I was, in the early stages of my career in marine biology. And I was like, you know what? I, I think they're doing some great stuff here. So 
Oh, awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It helps yeah. us keep this this going. It does cost a little bit to run the like platforms, so sure. it helps. Totally. So um, we'll share the information on social media about the internship, and okay. we definitely want to hear more from you when you're out there. Absolutely. And you have a couple months before finals, so you know, keep up the good work and be ready yeah, for I'm, that. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle of writing my thesis proposal right now, so it's <laughs> it's I'm getting hit hard with it, but I, I'm excited. My project is. I'm I'm really excited for my project. It's it's going to be a big haul, but it, it, I think I'm going to get some good results from it. That's super cool. I have yeah, a question. Yeah, let us know how that goes too. I will. When you signed up for, I, I'm not even signed up for the Marmans, which is funny. But when you signed up for that, how long um, were you like getting emails from them until you saw this in internship and then you applied? It was fairly early on, actually, like right after. I signed up. I was kind of just going through it every day. I was just looking at different positions because they send out an email every single day. And so I'm always just keeping track of it, of the publications and certain things like that. And I saw this internship in Portugal. Um, and I just kind of, to me, I didn't really know how it worked. And so I was like, let me just see what happens if I throw my name in the hat. I feel like I do that a lot where I'll reach out to certain people, different professors from different universities, just to kind of get a feel of the, you know, the cetacean community. And so I reached out to them and they were interested in having me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the greatest experience of my life. Right. And so it was, it was fairly early on that I in, was reading through the Marmam subscription that I saw this internship. And I just applied and, and, and got it. And I was just ready to go at that point. That's awesome. That's really cool. You never know. It's always good to apply for things that you're not entirely sure <laughs> if you're going to land it or not. Because, hey, maybe absolutely. it'll happen. And actually, I teach over here at Texas A&M Corpus Christi as well. I'm teaching biology lab um, to some students. And anyone who's in, interested in marine biology, or any, I always tell them about this email subscription because it really keeps you up to date on internship opportunities, new publications, career fairs, uh, conferences. It's really a great resource for anyone who loves marine biology just to kind of get started. Because um, I, I love all the information that comes from it. Okay, I'll sign up. <laughs> <laughs> it might be time. It might be time. Signing up. <laughs> Good. That's what it took to get Robbie on the podcast to get Slater to sign up for Marmion. <laughs> Hey, Robbie. So we inspired you and, uh, you know, you're obviously doing pretty well right now. What, what do you want to do to inspire some of the, the people who are probably like in, in your footsteps earlier on, you know, like like how you were when you started listening to us? What would you yeah, want to say to them? I think for me, like I always say that my journey into marine biology was actually a little bit more difficult than I was expecting. It took me years and years to to get into this field because there's a lot of people who love it, so it is really difficult to get into it. So for mm -hmm. me, it's all about perseverance. You really have to to love this so much. And I, I feel like I found my passion more than anything. Yeah. And so even though it took me three years to find a, a program because I was looking for something so specific, I never gave up. And so yeah. that's always my advice to people who are trying to get into the field or if you don't ever quit, if you never stop, there's going to be a yes eventually. Yeah. And then it's going to just work out for you. And you're, you're, and I love it so much. And so I always think about all these opportunities that I've had. And I feel like I've, it just took me a while to get there. But now I'm just in the best position. I love my university. I love what I do every single day. And so I always say, I don't feel like I'm working because it's such a passion yeah. of mine. I love <laughs> the ocean. I do everything yep. I can for it. 
Um, so for me, it's, it's all about perseverance. Just make sure that you know that you just need to keep going because you're going to love it in the end. Yep. Awesome. I think okay. that's a really okay. good, really good advice. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's part of it for us too. You know, it's like episodes that we record kind of helps us re up our, our passion for the ocean. Like, I carry around a notebook now and I'm like writing notes for each episode. Like, Ooh, I want to talk about this. I just saw this on Facebook or whatever. So do you yeah. really carry around a notebook everywhere now? Like even at work, like it's, it's like, like yeah, it's like it's uh, Look how little it is. I mean, I know it's little, but I know the notebook is also little. That's awesome. Sweet. And I feel like our cetacean community too is we're all so welcoming, as we all love this so much that we're trying to spread knowledge and, and yeah. our passion and our joy. That no matter who you are, if you find anyone who loves cetaceans, and I say this all the time, I'm like, I just want to talk. Citations. I just want to talk dolphins. If I see someone, oh, let's talk. Like, what do you know that I can learn from and vice versa? And so I'm always trying to spread that knowledge and spread that that love and passion. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that's cool about going whale watching all over the world is you hear like the way different naturalists talk or like, you know, the way they go about talking about certain things. And then you learn something new. Like every, mm -hmm. every time I go somewhere, I learn something new. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something that we've kind of heard already, it might just be the way they said it that like, you know, it, it sticks with you. And exactly. so for me, I tell this story that that's actually how I, I decided to go into marine biology. I was doing something else at the time and I took a trip to Alaska and went whale watching out there. And I met this naturalist on board who just talked so highly of marine biology. And I've always wanted as a kid to go into it and I just didn't know how. And so it was actually that day that I was on the boat and I was just talking with this naturalist that I was, I decided that. I wanted to go for it. I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to figure out a way into marine biology, but I knew that I would always regret it if I didn't. And so it really can have an impact on you just by going out on the water and seeing, having that first whale encounter. It really can change your perspective on it. And for me, that's that's why I am that's why I'm here now is because I went whale watching in Alaska and I, I saw this whale and I actually posted it on Happy Whale, which is something y'all have talked about before. Oh, cool. And I got it ID'd and ever since then it kind of just took off. And I decided I was like, this is the moment where I I need to do this or I'm gonna forever regret it. And now I'm I'm here and I'm never looking back. So that was just within the last year, right? The IDing that, that was actually back. That was a few years ago now that I went – I just ID'd the whale that I, I had taken a picture yeah. of. Was, I think it was about four years ago now that I went to Alaska because it took me a good three years to find this program. Because I was I was looking for something very specific and, and dealing with memory and trying to get into the, the marine biology world through that because that was really my passion through my undergrad. Um, and so once I found my professor here who deals with memory just from the neuroscience side of it, it really was a perfect fit for me because now I'm getting to study – this passion of mine in memory while I study marine biology and it's just looking at it from a different perspective. That's awesome. I mean, I think marine biologists are like God, some of the most creative people because they're making all of these discoveries and observations and a lot of their data, like if you looked at it, you'd be like, this is so out of context. How do you even know like what's happening? You know, like because the study subjects that you're working with, are in more harsh conditions than the surface of the moon. Like we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the ocean. And so yes. you have to be so creative and so um, ready to adapt to anything and everything to work on the ocean. I think they're some of the, the really most 
interesting people on earth is marine scientists. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. I agree. You, you have to think about these problems and these questions that we have really creatively. And I think one of those is that we're seeing now is the use of drones. Drones now is becoming so widespread in, in the study of whales and dolphins yeah. because it's just, it's another advantage to us that it's a resource that's a tool that we can use. Um, and that, like you said, we have to adapt to ever-changing environments. And I feel like that's one of those that's really starting to take off. Yeah. Yeah. And bioacoustics too has been one of my interests yes. for a long time. You know, how do you make information, how do you make sense of any of it from all these underwater recordings? I think that's just fascinating. There's a friend of mine out of uh, another uh, Texas A&M school in Galveston. They're doing bioacoustics with blue whales out of Alaska and California. And so they have these um, acoustic stations set up and they're listening to the particular blue whale calls um, that are out there. So I, I agree, bioacoustics is, is another huge topic right now. Sweet. And it's well, a fun one to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. I think that's all my questions and notes. Did you guys have any others? I think I'm good. I'm just I'm just happy to hear Robbie's story here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me on. This this yeah. has been this has been great. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being willing to do it. And uh, definitely, when, if you finish in October or however long you're there, um, we can do a recap on what you see because maybe you'll see orcas this time or a leatherback turtle or something. So that sounds great. Yeah, I would, I would or, or other things Caitlin hasn't seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be nice and I'll listen and I'll be. Happy for you. <laughs> so happy for you. It's <laughs> really funny. Sweet. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, and good luck in your yeah, so much. biology I, I career. It. Yeah, I hope you have a great summer out there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. I'll, I'll be sure to, to keep you all informed on in everything that I see out there. Awesome. Sweet. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, again, this is uh, Robbie. And he just got into this field, which is we're excited to hear about his future. And uh, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, it's or on any of the social platforms, it's Whale Nerds. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so thank much. You.